G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. I'm in Papua New Guinea and in the town of Wewak, which is on the northern coastline of Papua New Guinea. And of course, having a wonderful time, spending time training our uh, people who are involved with the Life FM set up here in Wewak. But while I'm here, there's been some other missionary organizations that have been so helpful to the way that we do things with our Life FM radio ministry. One of those is an organization called Friends in Action. Mike and Ruth Butler head up Friends in Action here in Papua New Guinea. And Mike's with me now. Hi, Mike. Great to talk to you. Thank you. Uh, nice to be here and talk to you as well. Well, Mike, we have a compound where we have a small studio complex, and you've been involved in helping to make our complex livable and more functional. What sort of things have you been able to do? Well, we've uh, had the opportunity to uh, build some cabins on the property. Um, These cabins are going to be used uh, for an office, for housing, for short-term team coming over, as well as a a cooking house for meals as well as a meeting place. The way that you guys work is that you recognize a need and then you go and fill it. Yeah, that's right. Our actually our organization was was uh, started by some missionaries that had uh, that had retired from the field and just realized that there was a huge need to have some people um, in the field that were more experienced in building, electrical, plumbing, mechanical repair. So that the missionaries, the new missionaries coming over, didn't spend all of their time trying to repair and uh, equip themselves just to live in in remote bush locations. And so that's kind of how we started, um, and it, it certainly has evolved from that. I guess we're all used to the idea that there are so many different trades. You mentioned building and the electrical and plumbing. Uh, we expect that there'll be separate people doing those things here in Papua New Guinea, a little more isolated. You guys, with your team together, you can handle all of those things. Yeah, we actually, uh, my wife and I have been here uh, for a while, about 17 years doing this. And in the last two years, we've had uh, co-workers with us. Um, we've also had a number of teams over the years uh, that have come. We've helped build airstrips as well. And so it, we fully rely on uh, teams coming over to handle these kinds of things. And when you say you're working to keep people doing what they do best, uh, there are so many things when you're in isolated regions that can hold you back, cause delays, and therefore hold up the work of ministry. You guys are actually making it a little more streamlined, and people are obviously very thankful that they're not caught up in all of the things that slow them down. Yes, well... Uh it, it has certainly has gotten busier in the last few years. Um, a number of missionaries that have come over in years past uh, came from farming backgrounds, a little bit of a jack-of-all-trades, able to do a few little things, uh, home repair, maintenance. But in latter years, the, the uh, translation work has taken on a whole new element. There's been so many advancements in, in language learning 
And many people are coming over now with, with great language skills, um, learning to uh, actually take that language and turn it into the, the, the talk place of the, of the village. And uh, so some of these other things in the practical sense, they, they tend to fall by the wayside. Just the basic construction, design your own house, build it, what happens when the posts rot out, the electrical shorts out. I mean, they just, it's beyond what they're able to handle. And I know you've just sold a barge that you were using to transport all sorts of uh, goods and uh, supplies along many of the rivers and waterways that there are here in Papua New Guinea. That's obviously still a major issue too, just getting things out to outer-lying areas. Yeah, another that would be another one of our little areas that we work with is logistics, uh, moving items uh, from here to there. Uh, whether it be building materials or supplies or actually even sourcing parts and supplies from inside PNG as well as overseas. A lot of people think of mission organizations and the spirituality of mission organizations, the the way that uh, you conduct yourself. And here we are sitting in your office and I can see a whole bunch of artifacts and things that you've obviously collected over the times. But But tell me about the spiritual atmosphere in your organization you've got people who are coming from various countries around the world they're joining you here there's uh, there's a real camaraderie and uh, i guess uh, when you're growing in christ together working together uh, that spirituality is an important thing yeah it really is uh it, it is to us as an organization and it certainly is to me personally um, we actually have four uh, png national fellows that work with us uh, have been with us for a number of years now and uh, they've come from different areas of PNG, from as far away as uh, over near Kimbe um, to locally here, just outside of Wewak. Um, most of them had never held a power tool when they came. Um, some of them had different degrees of schooling and education, and uh, it has been just a thrill to work with them. Um, all of them have made professions um, in Christ. Uh, in their lives uh, we've just seen that start to flourish and we've even got a couple of fellows that are really taking on a ministry of their own um, in uh, small outreaches with the youth and uh, just people in their communities. So the sort of person that makes up a great person who's involved with Friends in Action isn't necessarily someone who's especially qualified but someone who's a can-do person someone who's a a real person with capability to put their hand to whatever they want to uh, have a go at yeah well obviously uh you know to have a trade or skill is is an asset but uh you know i think the main thing is uh what's god doing in their heart and if they have a heart to serve uh there's just there's a lot to do um we're in a place that is is ripe for the gospel um, we see evidence of that every day um, with different groups and outreaches, people coming. Um, and even the teams that we've had come over have had interaction uh, with our fellas and in, in the local areas that we're in too. Mike Butler, our guest. I'm sitting in Mike's office. I want to ask him about some of these artifacts like a huge skull of a crocodile that is sitting just next to my left elbow as we're talking. I can also see uh, a an old... A Japanese machine gun. We'll come back and I'll ask Mike about those in just a few moments. I'm in Papua New Guinea and what a fabulous place to visit. And for someone who's interested in being involved in missionary work, sometimes you can say, well, you know, I'm not necessarily a trained pastor or preacher, but 
boy, I've got a great practical skill or two that I might be able to offer. I'm talking with Friends in Action. Mike and Ruth Butler are the leaders of Friends in Action here in Papua New Guinea. Mike's with me. Mike, I want to talk to you about some of the artifacts you've got lying around your office. And uh, just next to me, a huge skull of a crocodile. What's the story? Well, I'd love to tell you that, uh, you know, I dove off the side of the barge and wrestled the thing down and, and uh, you know, skinned it up and uh, we had the meat for dinner, but uh, that would be a bit of a, a tale. Um, actually, it was on one of our barge trips and uh, I had been looking for a crocodile skull, so I, I kind of put the word out and um, sure enough, uh, one surfaced and so there was some negotiations. Um, we've actually... I've actually bought crocodile teeth by themselves. Uh, I think I went home one year with about, uh, must have been well over 150, and we put our name and the date, and we gave them out as Sunday school prizes as we went around to different churches. So uh, it was it was quite a hit. So if you come up and do some work with Friends in Action, you might find yourself taking back crocodile teeth as souvenirs and pass them up to people at, at church. Yes, that's uh, that's quite possible. Okay, now another big artifact you've got sitting in your office is a very old, uh, obviously World War II, Japanese machine gun. Now, it's a machine gun that's obviously used a a ground-to-air machine gun. Actually, this one was on an aircraft. Um, As I looked it up, it's about a thirty caliber, and it was off a Japanese aircraft. I can't just remember the name of it, but it it, it was stationed right behind the... uh, the, you had a pilot and co-pilot back-to-back, and it was the co-pilot that operated it. It was on a turret that would swing around, and so there's a little remote lever there that operates it. And uh, it was found just down on uh, one of the old airstrips here in town. As they were digging a foundation for a house, uh, it was uncovered in the dirt. And, of course, you've got a lot of carvings up around your walls. Uh, do each one of those carvings have their own story? Uh, well... Most of those, I've had different ones come to the gate um, here and and sell different things. There's a few little storyboards that I have that uh, uh, represented some of the um, river travel that we have done over the years. Um, There's some very good carvers in the Sepik, and uh, so they put their stories on a piece of wood. Now, doing what you do in mission, you must have given up a life back home uh, to come here to Papua New Guinea. Is your dream fulfilled in having come here? Uh, is it something that's less than you expected or more than you expected? No, after being here and uh, experiencing what I'm doing, um, I really believe this is what I was born to do. Um, I had a business back home, a marine business. I'm a licensed mechanic uh, for just about everything but aircraft. and uh, But I really just felt the Lord leading me Uh, to do this kind of work and uh, it wasn't necessarily going to be Papua New Guinea although that's where the influences of um, uh, different people that I had met were from and so uh, it just worked out that we ended up here but I can't really go any further away from home without starting on the way back. (laughs) Let me ask you about mechanical repairs because what I've seen of my short stay here in Papua New Guinea is that even around town, the roads are really rough. But this is very rugged terrain. And for missionaries to set up works, uh, to reach out to new villages, uh, there's an awful lot of mechanical repairs involved in just uh, moving from one section, one village, uh, one province to another. 
Yes, there is. Um, and our, our mechanical repair here, we we do want to help out with uh, the local uh, mission stations here in town. Vehicles, we do some of, but not a great deal, because there are some places in town that not national businesses that, that actually do mechan- uh, vehicle repairs. But we have a lot of stuff that comes in from the bush. Outboard motors, they, they, they are... They are the uh, roads of the CPIC. Generators to power lights, power computers, communications, and all the related things that go with that. Uh, even down to mowers and tractors on airstrips to keep the grass cut so the planes can land. But all of these things, they've come from every part of the world. Some of them China, some of them Australia, the U.S., Canada. And so, therefore, the parts come from there as well. And uh, we spend a lot of time looking up parts and ordering and shipping, and whether it be containers or even small boxes. I guess when you can't easily get a hold of parts, you've got to be innovative, and I guess that would be a part of what you guys do. Uh, you fix a problem that doesn't seem to be able to be fixed. Yeah, that was probably one of the hardest things for me to come here after having my own business and. I like things to work properly, uh, especially if it's something new. I like it to at least work properly for the first year. But when it comes to the point of a breakdown and it's either you park it and don't use it and you go back to doing without or you improvise, we have a lot of improvised items that are operating in PNG. Let me bring you back to what we mentioned earlier, the idea of speeding up missions the way that you guys facilitate that that to happen. Uh, That's such an important thing. And I suspect that missionaries who have received your help have been really greatly indebted. Well, we like to think they have. Um, We've certainly got many, many good friends. We've been to uh, just about every mission station with new tribes in the Sepik region, been to many of the cities in PNG, We've had our finger in a lot of lot of corners uh, in the mission world, for sure. I'm going to give you a website in just a few moments so that any Aussies listening into our conversation might be able to get in touch with you. But you don't have a presence in Australia, so you're not as well-known in Australia. Friends in action. And uh, what would your encouragement be for Australians to actually come up to Papua New Guinea and perhaps even do a stint with you? Yeah, well, we are actually set up here to uh, have short-term teams. It could be anywhere from a couple of weeks to a month or even several months. Um, We have some small cabins that they can stay in, place to cook and eat, and toilet washroom facility. We haven't actually had too many Australians, mainly because we don't have anybody in Australia to uh, organize teams from the the home end. So, uh, yeah, if anybody out there has uh, feel the Lord leading in that, regard uh, we would love to talk to you and you've just highlighted the fact that uh, perhaps you might like to make contact with someone too who could be your representative in Australia Uh, I'm talking to friends in action Mike Butler and his wife Ruth are leading friends in action in Papua New Guinea based in WeWAC I'll give you that website it's www.fiaintl.org that's Friends in Action International. So F-I-A-I-N-T-L dot org. Mike, thanks so much for talking to us. Thank you very much. 
Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.